Hello and welcome back to the Marvelous Cinema Podcast. I'm your co-host Matthew and with me as always... Co-host Henry. <laughs> we're back, both of us are here. And yeah. we're finishing off our MCU review walkthrough slash conclusion to the reviews we did slash good fun time with positive <laughs> energy. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> the comic in there. Mm. Uh, yeah, last time we got to... What was it, like number... 13, 14? I think we did the... I think we did 23 to 13. Right. 23 to 20. So we're starting at 12. Okay, 12. Okay. Right. Before we do, check us out on Instagram. <laughs> if you haven't already, we're doing Star Wars reviews, much like we did the MCU reviews. Right. Um, but without any further ado, adieu, adieu, oh, well, adieu. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started. Right. <laughs> do you want to start first? Um, I you can st- do. We've got twelve films left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Just alright. So I, I think I went first last time. Mm-hmm. So you can go first this time if you want. Okay. So I think my last one was um for Ragnarok, which was thirteenth, I think. Yeah. Um. So my twelfth might be a bit of a shocker. I think going upwards, I feel like they're all they're all going to be a bit like a, a kind of a weird one because I feel like they're all a bit surprising. Um, but going for Ragnarok upwards, I feel like I either love or love a lot in like terms of like how I feel about the movies. So when I put this one number twelve, it's not like a bad thing. It's just like I like other ones better. Um, so yeah, my number my number twelve was um, Avengers: Infinity War. Um, really? Yeah. Um, I really like the movie a lot. Okay, I, like I really do. Uh, um, again, it's one of those things where it's like I love this movie, but I just think there's there's been better from Marvel. Um, and I, if I was going to say why it's not like number three or two or five, um, I think it's because I think as a movie by itself, I feel like it doesn't have that much going on aside from finding MacGuffins and. And I think the movie does a very good job with that. I feel like it could do a lot worse. Um, and I feel like uh, when it comes to the characters, I feel like a very select few get like actual character arcs and storylines that kind of feel like they're going somewhere rather than just seeing how, like how would Hulk interact with this character from a different movie? And I feel like a lot of it is every character is some sort of like witty, witty banter machine that kind of just has very... Um, I I wouldn't say flat lines. They're very good lines. I just think it's not. I think because of how the the scale of the movie, they can't do a lot of um, character like focused, um, clear stories that they've done before. Um, so I aside from that, I do love this movie. Um, and I think it's kind of one of those like miracle movies where it's it's unbelievable that it works as well as it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I mean. This character, this movie has, I think like twenty to forty people in it that are actual characters that we like know and like um, that we want to see something out of going in, and I feel like it's an impossible task to go on, to make a movie with that many characters that everyone really likes and give them all at least one moment to like really be a standout character, and the fact that it does that and it feels like it feels like an actual two-hour experience that makes sense and is kind of consistent and doesn't feel like tones are constantly clashing with, clashing with each other 
Um, so like Guardians of the Galaxy coming into it, they should feel like a a really like weird like left turn from what we've been dealing with, especially with Thanos. Um, but the, the universe universe is so well organized and kind of consistent that it doesn't feel that off-putting or something like to be in the in the what do you call the new ship, the Benatar, the Benatar. Yeah, Benatar. Um, yeah that. Um, um, and yeah, I feel like I do feel like the main strong point for me is definitely Thanos and his is um, him being the centerpiece that kind of drives the movie forward. Um, so yeah, I overall I think I love this movie a lot. I can watch it very very easily. I can watch it right now or whenever. Like I don't really care. It's a great movie. Just to mm-hmm. the one. Um, I just think Marvel have done better when they've had simpler things to do. <laughs> so I feel yeah, it's. In the like, kind of like, I love this movie section of the list, but it's not the highest of highs for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's much higher. Right. Okay. Um, mainly without, without sort of trick, so that I'm saving something to say later. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, the the striking thing that that comes from Infinity War is the the scale, and like you said, how well things are blended in a way which feels like it's a real culmination of all these characters arcs i mean you said you said that you didn't feel like the everybody had their own arc mm-hmm. yeah. which i do agree with i think i do think there is there is growth and movement for all the characters yeah there is yeah but it does feel more like thanos's movie like he has more of the depth mm-hmm. more 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 of a, uh, a solid arc and i think that's a really smart move from them Mm-hmm. In yeah. that we don't really need to see a full arc from Tony or Steve or Doctor Strange or Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I just like the fact they spend time developing Thanos and not yeah. just have him as this big thing that's looming and here he is, he's here. That's all you need to know to know he's big and bad. Yeah, you know they they don't just over rely on that. They don't they don't just think. Are his names going to be enough? Yeah, they they actually develop a really imposing villain, and his introduction in the film is one of my favourite scenes. Oh yeah, his I, monologue is yeah, oh. yeah, it's great. And I yeah, and it could have been just that as well. Like you were saying there, that they could have just made him the big bad, and that was it. And he's kind of in the background for the entire movie. Um, but having that opening scene, and then from that going to so many scenes just with him and his daughters and his. He's um, on that cliff in a Varamia. Var- 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think all those scenes, <clears throat> all those scenes kind of, they add something to that character that shouldn't, that usually would not be there, I don't think, in the scale of a movie. And I'd, I think that we all kind of agree, I think kind of universal that um, Thor is, is great in this movie. He's kind yeah. of, he's definitely a standout out, out of all the main characters in it. Um, Iron Man similar. I think like he has, he's one of the few that gets some sort of proper, a feeling or some sort of like actual major growth in some ways. Um, even though it's kind of, it is somewhat unfair to judge this movie on itself because it is, it is like the Act One to Avengers Endgame, Act Two and Act Three. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and I, I think the movie does a very good, a smart job of making this feel, instead of like an entirety of a movie that's act one, um, making it feel like it's an act three for 
two hours straight and then turns out by the end it's act one <laughs> it's <laughs> actually a, a genius thing to do because um, I feel like there's been some there's been some really good examples of movies that have done act one kind of part one part two stories like um, Harry Potter um, but there's been so many other ones that have just done that for the money and have clearly just thought, thought that they would just uh, stretch out whatever material they're making uh, to fit two movies and it usually doesn't work um, so I think having this sort of format is kind of a, a very genius way of doing it. Mm. Uh, and I hope more people, if if franchises are going to do more part one, part two stuff, I really hope they would kind of do it like this, um, even though it kind of relies on the fact that you have 20 other movies to go back on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just love this movie, but it's just not my favourite work of Marvels. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, for me, it's, it's much higher. But yeah. I get why it's that low for you. Or well, not low, but not low, because I think that's unfair to it. And unfair to what you've said, but, you know, mm-hmm. like, towards the middle. Yeah, it's in that category. Like, yeah. Just from that one. <laughs> um, shall I move on to my number 12? Yeah. So the last one I did, my number 13, was First Avenger. Right. Oh. Um, my number 12 is it's one that's moved up i think it's moved up quite a bit from the last time we did one mm-hmm. and my, my number 12 is black panther oh okay okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna be straight up here mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. i have i've come back to this film and looked at this film differently in the in the light of chadwick boseman's death mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I, I'm not gonna deny that yeah, it's, it's hard not to. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to come back and say that I've spontaneously changed what I think about this film. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say that it has it has changed my perspective on this film. Not not significantly. Yeah. But I think it's changed the way I look at it and I look at the dedication in which people have put into this. Yeah. And it's made me appreciate how big a deal this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I appreciated how big a deal it was before. Mm-hmm. But I think on a personal level, this, you know, it's added a, a perspective that I, I don't know if it's completely good. <laughs> it's yeah. really sad. There's sort of like a bit of melancholy now attached to it. Yeah. But it's, it, is, it is a powerful film. Mm-hmm. It's one of, if not Marvel's most powerful films in terms of having a message yeah um probably you know it's it's similar to guardians 2 in that there's, there's a solid theme there mm-hmm. yeah this, the film definitely has something that it wants to say and it's very unapologetic about how it wants to say it and that's ultimately what this genre should be used used for yeah it's you know it's um it's a genre where perhaps modesty and nuance. Not, not that there isn't nuance, but I feel like it's something you can be you can be a lot louder about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that way it's quite liberating. I think that's what that's what you have with with Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the, the, the genre and the expectations of action sequences and the physical conflict. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to represent the the different viewpoints this film does. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you have a really strong protagonist, but you also have an incredibly strong antagonist. 
Yeah, definitely. Which for me is still and remains probably the best thing about this film is the villain. Mm-hmm. From um, yeah, from a comic book point of view as well, it's just a really you've got solid motivations and it's a character that you feel for. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they they have that moment where you think, I understand why this guy's doing this. Yeah. And that scene being where he talks to his dad after consuming the um, the plant. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Purple flower of destiny. Yeah. yeah. Um, who as well, you know, um, <clears throat> Sterling K. Brown is an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have that, you, know, you have that interaction. And it's really, it's really moving. It changes the perspective on the villain, and it just adds another level to it. Yeah. Um. um Something else I was going to say. It's escaped my mind. Well, like, Not again. it's just um, the fact that it's built around having a theme and a, a kind of a core message. And I feel like if you ever felt watching one of these movies or any sort of blockbuster and felt like there was one story being told by the protagonist and a different kind of tacked on story by the antagonist, um, I feel like this is a good example why, because this film was so different from that. Um, there's everything in this movie is built towards the one the one theme of it of the whole thing um so every choice and every character and every supporting character is they're kind of tied up together it doesn't it doesn't feel um just like it doesn't doesn't feel disconnected in the way that films usually can do when they've got this much of a budget Mm. um and i feel that's something this that this film like just really like goes hot like really goes well with um, yeah. Do you know what you want to say? <laughs> um, I, I was going to say explain why this, this isn't any higher in my list. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's not it's not a massive detractor. Like, I, I, for you, from definitely from this point on, I love all these films. Oh, yeah. You know, and for me, you know, a lot of the films that sort of towards the tail end of last episode as well, I'm sure it was probably the same for you as well. Yeah. But I, I do love this film. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, there are. I, I feel like a the action isn't particularly engaging, mm, and yeah. I feel like especially the CGI fight at the end. But that isn't in a film like this, which is so geared towards the themes and the message. Mm-hmm. It feels a bit wrong to criticize it because of the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. It. Yeah. So, so it, it that doesn't have much of a weight in my opinion of it. But the thing that I do sometimes come back to is that at times the antagonist is so strong. But I think you have that because it does sort of sacrifice moments with the protagonist. Mm, sometimes, yeah. It I doesn't, mean... for me, always feel like um, it is T'Challa's film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, he does go missing for about 20, 30 minutes after he falls off the cliff. He does, yeah. <laughs> I which always... feels very odd. It is an odd choice. I, I agree with that definitely. Um, I do. Um, I do kind of. I, in a way, I'll, I guess I'll defend that by just saying I think it's kind of more of a compared to other Marvel origin movies. I feel like this one's a very much a like a societal one. That's kind of like every character mm. is a part of that arc. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is a weird. It's a weird choice to have your protagonist go away for like twenty minutes <laughs> and just come back at the end. Um, yeah, like, like I said, it's not, it's not a massive thing. It's not a massive detractor for me. There are, you know, 
I, 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 I don't dislike this film at all. I do still really like it. And, you know, I haven't really spoken about it so far, but Chadwick Boseman was excellent as T'Challa. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really powerful performance. Yeah. Um, and, and as well, one thing I do want to add is that a while back, I was talking to someone, someone I used to go to school with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually after we did our review on Instagram, they popped to me and said that they didn't, they didn't like the film. Oh, okay. And they said that um, the reason they gave was that they didn't like it because they felt it portrayed the wrong message of that people mm-hmm. should be aggressive and militant and violent. Okay. Which yeah. I feel... I, I, don't, I don't know if there's loads of people that feel that way. Mm-hmm. But if there is, I struggle to see that point of view because the whole film is about proving that point of view wrong. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of confusing in, in a lot of ways. Um, um, and so another thing, I'm going to keep on going about this, but um, people people complain um, about Marvel and mainly Star Wars as well, or people mm-hmm. have started to, by saying that um, they don't like films having an agenda. Yeah. Which, you know, people say all the time now, it's come to be a bad word, particularly with Star Wars. Kind of a buzzword in a way. <laughs> Which, as a concept of people criticising it, completely baffles me. Kind of, yeah. Because every film has an agenda. Every single film has, has some sort of agenda. Uh... Every single film has a reason to be made. And to criticise these films for having this mystery, air quotes, agenda, mm-hmm. I feel like you're not really understanding the medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you go to the cinema or you watch a movie at home and... The whole point is that for two hours or whatever you, and maybe like maybe manipulate manipulate it is a hard kind of like harsh word to call it, call it. But like the whole point of like movies and TV shows are kind of for two hours they like like manipulate you into um, like empathizing for these characters or hating this character or not liking this character or being fearful. The whole point is that it's a gender to like change your um, perspective. Um, so I feel like saying that a movie has an agenda is like saying, I don't know, food wants to taste nice. <laughs> it's like, it's weird to me that that's an idea that people are going on about. Um, and I can kind of understand the idea of like um, this sort of kind of like a new sort of trend of like having um, um, a female version of a franchise or um, um, an all black cast. Um and I guess it is sort of a, a new sort of trend. And in a way, you can see is it you can say it's a bad thing because instead of being just a normal, it's a trend. Um, I can kind of understand that um, that it's not the normal; it's just a new trend, um, which is I, when we want it to be the new normal. But the way we do mm. that by making it something that a billion dollar blockbusters do now, like Black Panther is a billion dollar blockbuster. <laughs> um, so I feel like having it be this new trendy thing is eventually just going to become the, the normal thing. And movies just have their normal agenda of like making you feel emotions, <laughs> um, mm. which is what they all do. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just don't understand the idea that because your film has an all female cast or whatever, that it's on purpose and from, from the get go, a bad movie or a bad um, um, idea from the studio. Um, I just think that, Sometimes it can be sometimes it can be really used well, like Black Panther or Wonder Woman. Uh, sometimes really badly when it comes to Ghostbusters, which was just like it just makes no sense having 
um, making the same movie again, that's less good. And then saying, but it's new because there's female characters. <laughs> um, it's sort of a weird way of doing it. Um, so I think there is bad ways of doing it, but I don't feel like Black Panther or Wonder Woman or any movie in the past two years or so has been guilty of that in any sort of way. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't understand mm. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Black Panther's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> number yeah. 11. Yeah, so for me, number 11 is... Okay, so I feel like the the last one I mentioned and the one after this one and this one are all kind of like in this weird interchangeable sort of like a loop of like I ever like this a lot more or like this a lot less sometimes um but again it is always in that in that territory of being I at the very least kind of like love this movie um so my number 11 is Iron Man 3 um which is I think that's I think I always want to say Iron Man 3 is like the last Jedi of the of the Marvel movies because <laughs> uh, I feel like in general Marvel movies either you don't like this one and everyone agrees that this is the bad one like Dark World or something like, something like that um, and then everyone goes oh um, Endgame and Guardians of the Galaxy they're the good ones and everyone kind of agrees um, I don't really th- I think of Iron Man 3 it's one of the most splitting movies I've ever seen like in in the Marvel universe or any because mm. like I wouldn't go as far as it is it's as splitting as Last Jedi but I would say Iron Man 3 is like, I've met people that love it, people that, it's their favourite Iron Man movie, and I've met people that absolutely hate it so much. <laughs> and I often fall towards loving it. Um, um, sometimes I, I don't. I often feel like, unlike Black Panther, um, it can sometimes be a bit of a disconnected sort of mess between plot line and character line. I feel like the two sometimes don't intertwine as much as they can do. Um, so I feel like when you look at the the villains, Man, um, uh, Mandarin and the Kildridge, Alder Kil- oh, Aldrich Kildridge, what is it? Aldrich Killian. <laughs> yeah, we go. There we go. Guy um, Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like the plot line of all that stuff and the army um, um, fire people <laughs> and all that, I feel like that plot line is its own movie and then this other plot line with P- Tony's um, PTSD mm-hmm. uh, and all that is kind of it feels somewhat separate and I don't I wouldn't say that it's one of those cases where the plot doesn't drive the story forward I feel like the plot does drive the story forward and the character does follow that very well mm-hmm. I just feel like if you if you put if you like I don't know like took out um, the whole kind of army plotline and all that, and the actual end of the world stakes and all that, I feel like you would have, you could easily plug in a different, maybe even a much better intertwining sort of plotline that would make more sense for this PTSD story arc. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I kind of I kind of get more involved in the in the plot that doesn't really interest me that much. But on the other hand is the, the things I absolutely love, which is the whole Iron Man PTSD sort of he can't like the idea that from Iron Man 3 onwards um Tony Stark is very much a different character from what we've seen before um I feel like you could easily say to yourself that Avengers was the last time we saw Iron Man 1 era sort of Tony Stark um and Iron Man 3 onwards we kind of get this new version of him that's 
somewhat um <clears throat> somewhat uh kind of like i want to say it's like and what more empathetic and more like likable in some ways but also because of that he's much more arrogant but different in different ways um so like he'll make decisions that just don't make much sense <laughs> but he'll do them anyway because it's for protection um in this movie he makes like a billion suits that kind of put people in harm sometimes and kind of make sure that he doesn't get any sleep and he's going to be in more mental harm um and i think all that is great and i do generally love the pepper pots and the tony stark and i on the topic of the the mandalor the mandalorian um the mandarin twist i love the mandarin twist uh i i'm totally okay from i'm totally okay if from now on at some point the mandarin does indeed be a real person and comes back or as a new actor or whatever but i do think having in this movie that happen it does make sense to me and i think it's much more smarter than having a generic uh, sort of Asian um, mystical person who has ten <laughs> magical rings um, to kill Iron Man in it. Um, which I don't think would be, I don't think it'd be too ridiculous for the MCU. I feel like that could work, but again, I feel like having the twist of giving the USA like a target to go after in terrorism, and then the whole idea being that it's actually some sort of it's some sort of billionaire in billionaire in the USA who's just doing this by himself just to get richer essentially. Yeah. And using these political motivations to get everyone to fight or fight over stuff that they don't really need to fight over. <laughs> I think it's a very smart plot. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with the plot. I just think it could be slightly I don't know, some, I don't know how to put it. It's more like I don't think they go well together sometimes. I feel like it could be more concise. Yeah, it could be more. It, yeah, it could be more. Because he he does go sort of all over the place. He does, and I wish, and I do get that they do make some sort of personal connection between Aldrich Killian and Iron Man, but I wish they went a bit more for that. I wish there was a bit more. Just even like a Obadiah Stane from the first movie, sort of like relationship. I feel like even that was a bit more personal compared to this mm. one, where they met each other briefly. And then he came back twenty years later, and then it was kind of flirtish towards his wife. Um, it's it's it kind of it's kind of a I don't want to I wouldn't say flat, but it's not particularly engaging as other uh, films have been. Um, and again, I think it's a movie that I love the ideas that are in it, but not not mm-hmm. a good twenty to thirty percent of the execution on it. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about the movie? Um, very similar to you, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Like, um, for me, it came sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, most of the points you've made are very similar to what I would say. Yeah. I I also like the Mandarin twist. I think, also as somebody who isn't as associated with the comics and isn't as familiar with the comics as some people are, mm-hmm. it didn't bother me. For a lot of people, it could be a bit of an insult. That yeah. They're waiting for the Mandal- the Mandarin, and I nearly said Mandalorian there as well. <laughs> um, the way they've waited for the Mandarin, this is the chance to have it, only to it be some white businessman. <laughs> yeah, I I you get that, but like what you said about it being like an inside American political thing, mm-hmm. and as well as the actual delivery of the twist is is brilliant. Yeah, um, and and then again, like you said, the plot. 
the plot for me feels very all over the place. Mm-hmm. As in, not 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 like written wise as a mess. I mean, physically, they're all over the all over the country. <laughs> they're all to... over America. One minute they're in the Malibu mansion, the next minute he's Miami. Then he's in in, in the Ken. snow. I can't, I'm not very good with American states, so yeah. it's in somewhere. That's <laughs> snowy. <laughs> and then yeah. then they're in some dockyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the mansion. Yeah, it's it doesn't feel like it's a very personal movie, even though sometimes it's the most personal. Yeah, uh, the, my favorite part of the movie are when he's in that snowy part of North America somewhere, um, and he's with that kid, and he's just kind of from the ground up learning to be, learning to be Tony Stark again. Um, and I feel like that's this movie's greatest strength. Whenever they kind of they highlight a, an incredibly um, fundamental flaw with this character. And then really play over that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's when this movie's at its best. And yeah. I'm very thankful that, that for the most part, that's what this movie is about. Um, however, it is it is kind of all, all over the place, like you said, about when it comes to the plot being, it feels very separate. Um, and another sort of issue kind of came up in this movie, and I think kind of goes forward with, with the MCU in some ways. It's... it's um, it's kind of like it kind of makes these big promises of like this is a this 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 movie's gonna change the status quo of like what Tony Stark is and how he's um he's not gonna be Iron Man anymore or stuff like that. I and Pepper Pot Pepper dying, um, which is not actually dead sort of things where I always feel like this from now on it's kind of like it kind of feels like there's there's a kind of like a difference between the movies that are generally trying to do something different and kind of change the MCU and ones that are kind of like trying to just be another chapter in it that is fun <laughs> in a way um, I don't think Iron Man 3 completely falls to that floor but I do think it's it's kind of annoying that from now on I think phase 2 onwards it's kind of has they kind of have problems going trying to make some fundamental changes um, and thankfully obviously we do get changes down the line with Black Panther I feel like I had like Wakanda being open um and Civil War having them kind of break apart for like a whole years in between movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like we do get changes, but I do feel like from now on there is di- differences between like in Dark World. Like four is no different in that movie from what it is at the beginning to the end. Or like there's so many different things that are just fun chapters. I think that's why Ant Man is my favorite, like least favorite installment in these in these franchises because um, it, it's the most kind of like it's a fun adventure and <laughs> nothing much will happen that's going to change your outlook on these movies really because it's going to be another one, another one of these movies yeah uh, and yeah i feel that's a, a pretty big flaw with this movie that kind of has a ripple effect going forward but i don't think it's too much of a problem with this movie um yeah mm. <laughs> yeah are you happy to move on yeah yeah that's okay um my number 11, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Far From Home. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I think it came in to come third from bottom for you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> right. right, restrain yourself. I will, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really like this film. Mm-hmm. I think it could be my favourite Spider-Man film. <laughs> okay, okay. 
<laughs> the contempt in your voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to say I don't like the others. Me, and again, I'm mixed about it. I, I'm still not sure whether I like Far From Home more than Spider-Man Two, or if I like Spider-Man Two more than Far From Home. Mm-hmm. But the idea that I've settled on is that I don't, I'm I'm quite happy knowing that I don't have to like one of them more. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because they are completely different films. Uh, complete, completely different, yeah. <laughs> they are... I mean, while they're both Spider-Man films, they are very different. And I think you can't compare them because... Not just of how much time's gone between them, but in terms of their purpose, they're both very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I adore the original Spider-Man films. I probably don't don't actually say that as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Because most of my time seems to be spent talking about Spider-Man defending Tom Holland's version <laughs> and yeah. the MCU version, but I, I do feel like I need to say that I do adore the Raimi trilogy. Yeah. But at the same time, I am able, and I do also love this version of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. For me, this um, Tom Holland captures a lot of what Spider-Man is with sort of the, the 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 youthful side of it. Like I think he looks like a high school kid, whereas. Toby Maguire's 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, again, isn't a criticism of that film, but um, it's sort of, I know it's sort of far from this, sort of stems from far from home, but I do like little things that these films have that are an in-universe explanation for certain things that in the comments, in the, sorry, in, in the comments, in the comics. Yeah. Namely, some of the things I mentioned is that um, in the comics... Yeah. When Spider-Man, I don't know, when he's talking, when he sees something, when something's happening, the shape of his eyes change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something a lot of people sort of look at and take for granted. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the films, in the uh, Maguire version, the, Gar- the Garfield version, they don't have the ability to change the shape of the eyes because they're part of the suit. They kind of allow in the voice for the most part. Yeah. And... I like the little detail with sort of the lenses in the Holland suit that me and the eyes can change. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice little detail. And as well, the addition of having the AI in the suit yeah. provide a little bit of context for why he talks to himself so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, those aside, this film in particular is far from home. I get what you say about um, it being we, it mocks Endgame in a way. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and that you feel like there's no consequences. But I, I think I said it in the previous episode. But you know, I'll say him because it's, it's on this part of the list. But I, I love the contrast between how uh, Peter's classmates see Endgame and see the consequences of that of losing the heroes, and the contrast between the way that Peter sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for them, it's just, oh, those heroes have saved the day and we're all back. Yeah. Whereas for Peter, it's, we saved the day and my, my essentially my dad's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my, my father figure's dead and my father figure's mate's gone off in time. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and just that contrast and enabling Peter to have that moment where he feels like he has to escape mm-hmm. 
but everybody is asking him, are you the next Iron Man? And he has to escape because nobody really understands what he's feeling after after the endgame. Yeah. And that explanation is good. I mean, it's built on by Beck, who I think... Really, I really like Beck. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's another example of the MCU recently really getting their villains right. Right, okay. <laughs> With the exception of maybe Ant-Man of the Wasp. Uh-huh. And maybe Captain Marvel. But in the last few years, we have had a lot of solid Marvel villains. Yeah, we have, yeah. Yeah, um, we have. Off the back of you know, Hela, Thanos, obviously. Mm-hmm. We've had Beck for me, but I didn't think you were that keen on him, I. Um, no, not really. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I'm not overly keen on the idea that it's another one that's basically pissed off Stark employee number two. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, yeah, I, I appreciate his performance, J. General Hall. I just don't think the character is what he could be, um, personally wise with like, like in relation to Peter Parker himself. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, and it's now like, I do like the dynamic they have for them because at the end of the day, it's all deception, which is what yeah. Mysterio is. Yeah. And the relationship that everything that Peter has in relation to Mysterio is an illusion, basically. Mm-hmm. The relationship he thinks he has with him is a lie. And everything Mysterio does is it's illusions, it's tricks, it's lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, the, the Mysterio sequence where he sort of goes full Mysterio on Peter, that is incredible. It it's is, rich yeah. straight from a comic book, and it's just so mesmerizing and so you just nerd out watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a it's like an adrenaline adrenaline rush of sugar. <laughs> it's just a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, Peter's relationship with MJ, love it. <laughs> I think it's great. Right. I really like the chemistry they have. Mm-hmm. Zendaya is really great as MJ. Mm-hmm. I also like the um, the role Happy plays in this. And really? Again, I'm not going to touch on this too much because we did cover it in the last episode when I defended the scene. But <laughs> when they have the moment on the plane, I really like that. Yeah. Uh... A really good emotionally centred thing. It feels like that's the first time we see Peter really vulnerable. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we do see him vulnerable in the first film and in Infinity War and Endgame, but we don't really see it to that depth. It's the first time right. that we've seen Peter break down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's also one of the first times we've seen any hero really break down. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> mm. I feel like um, it's be kind of a staple of the franchise or like the the genre that your hero would kind of break down at some point. Um. But recently, we haven't been getting a lot of breakdowns, you know? <laughs> we need more superhero breakdowns. Yeah, I kind of want some more, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I feel like this is a great example of, like, this This isn't for me. Um, yeah. Totally understand every point you're saying. I've heard other people say similar things. Mm-hmm. I know people that love this film. Um, and whenever they say it to me, like, say to me why they love it, it's, it's amazing how... We're talking about the same scene, and I, for me, I take away something different, and they take yeah. away something else, and um, they like this, and I personally just don't like it in general. Um, I just think, in general, the tone for me is just not what I would want from a 
from a Peter Parker story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I just. I'm not a big fan of the whole. He's a kid and like. Well, I I am, but I would rather he didn't act like a twelve year old. That makes any sense. Like, <laughs> for me, people at his age, like seventeen, sixteen years old, don't act like that. Um, I feel like it's very much an I don't know like a movie version of it where he's kind of like a ten year old almost like a twelve. Um, yeah, he kind of. I wish it was more. I don't know. I don't really know how to put it. I think I wish it was more dramedy than just comedy with sometimes some drama. Um, but I totally understand like people that kind of really vibe with that tone and the drama therefore works really well for them when it is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I, I just wish it was a more of that dramedy sort of mixture than what we've been getting. And I don't. I'm not like. I don't think that Tom Holland his his version or even John Watts the director I don't think that this version going forward is is like dead to me I I think it could be great I do think it could be great um I am I am so excited to see with the possibility of Tom Holland with a different director um for a spy art movie um mm-hmm. especially someone that wanted to make make it their own um because John Watts I feel like he's very good for that first movie but I think going forward I think he I do think he kind of He's kind of just going with the same tone, and I think it was very surprising to see that in the first movie. Um, but I think going for me, just like going further with it into a second year of school after the events of Endgame, it didn't, it just didn't gel with me. Um, hmm. uh, um, yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah, I don't like. It. I, um, <laughs> I'm all over the place with this movie. Really, am. <laughs> Would you like to move on to number ten? Yeah, we can do. Yeah. <laughs> happy right. thoughts. Yeah, happy thoughts. Moving on. Okay, this movie I think is really underrated. Um, I think it has some some flaws here and there. I don't think it's the best of the best, but uh, I do. I can't help but love it a lot. And it's the first four movie. Um, mm-hmm. I I I got told for so long, and I feel like I was lied to for so long. Um, this movie was like a bland whatever movie, and it was. It was like Marvel's growing pain, sort of, that like kind of a thing. Um, like Iron Man 2 or Incredible Hulk, I thought it was going to be one of those kind of, uh, the game, the start, you know, the kind of working out the, the weeds. Um, and I remember watching it, like, for the first time properly, like, five, six years ago. And just being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's just so good. To <laughs> um, me, it's incredible how well this movie works. And it's, I think the... Um, it's kind of something that I miss, kind of, because I feel like this movie has a, a really good handling of its tone. Um, and I feel like people obviously were a bit, bit not happy with the fact that it goes to Earth for the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I, I think we can all agree that it's kind of necessary for the character and his origin story. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, 4 2, it's in the went back to Earth, especially with London. Why are you going, back, why are you going to London? Um, but the first movie, I feel, is it's, it works well for this movie. And I think that. What works especially well is, and I think it's another controversial opinion, but I think this is be- this is the best version of Loki we- we've ever seen. Um, really? Yeah, I love this version of this character. I, I I'm I'm not gonna disagree. I do like my. I think I've said this time and time again. My favorite one, of my favorite MCU scenes is the Tell Me Scream oh. match. Yeah, that's great. Um, again, yeah, there's so many great scenes in this movie where I feel like going forward, like we said before, it's kind of like. It's just a consistent and well-organized universe that um, the Guardians of the Galaxy coming into the 
coming into an Avengers movie, this doesn't feel um, um, kind of like a we're going off road. Uh, it, it feels like consistent filmmaking. Um, but what I, what I kind of miss was uh, when Marvel was kind of getting started, they kind of were testing out different genres in some ways. And they were all under the like sort of comedic guise. Um, but this film is very, is very much like a, it's full of like strong and people are talking in Shakespearean language and the the tell me scene like you said there is a great great scene that stands out really well um and there's so many great parts of this movie and for the majority it's a romance movie um uh, which i feel like going forward we don't get much of anymore um it's nice odd that a lot of the later films they don't have that romance plot mm-hmm. especially i know this is kind of revealing a bit early but my number 10 pick is doctor strange Mm, okay. But one of the things to to put it comparatively, you sort of have a love interest, but you don't. Yeah, it's like it's the... there, but they decide not to go for it, and that's just odd in comparison with Thor, which has this quite prominent relationship with Jane Foster. Yeah, it's yeah, because it, I feel like the main sort of point of this movie is is this relationship. Um, even the first Iron movie, it's. Even though I would say it spends a bit less time, I do think the majority of that movie is Pepper and Tony, uh, mm. and I I don't I don't think it's a problem with the MCU going forward, but I just think it's different. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, having this sort of normal human characters kind of fall way to the sides, um, mm. and it's it's also odd that we've lost it recently. When you think about in terms of older comic book films, the love interest has been like a really pivotal part. Yeah, sort of like a trope in, 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 this, and, in a way. You know, if you're talking like early Batman, they literally make up female characters so that they <laughs> could have a love interest. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, like a necessary thing because I feel like it's... You can look at that very cynically and say to, the, say to yourself that it's because the studio back then were afraid that people wouldn't like these movies and it was more like a male franchise that people, like females, wouldn't go to it and mm. adding a romance thing would be like an advertising thing um but like if you handle it really well like i feel like this movie does and iron man and spider-man 2 and all these other things i feel like it can it works really well when you do it like this um it doesn't feel like a tacked on thing um and i it's the kind of like the whole thing that kind of ties move together for me is that central romance that i feel um it does really work and i i wish that going forward in in 4-2 they did anything <laughs> like interesting with it because um, in the four two they have like the same conflict over and over again, um, and it's really just grating in many ways. Many ways, um, but yeah, I feel like her coming back, the character Jane Foster coming back, I'm very excited for that because I just want to see this. I kind of want to see this romance aspect come back to these movies, um, and I'm excited for her to become a become a, her own potential for sort of hero person. Um, but I, I don't want to see kind of like this generally like very good romance go away. And, and another kind of point I want to make about this film, I I feel like this is a very good looking movie, like a very, very good looking movie. Um, uh, whenever we go to Asgard especially, I feel like it's it's insane how comparing um, As, um, Asgard and in the first movie to the third uh, Ragnarok movie, I feel like it's it's night and day for me how much, in my opinion at least, it's much better looking in this movie than in the third one. Um, I mean, there's so much depth and contrast and there's dark shadows and 
there's this gold lighting and it's these flames as it uses the primary lighting source and like it's mm-hmm. all different things. Um, I, I compare that to going to Asgard and Ragnarok, and it's it's like an overcast grey day. <laughs> um, it's one set and then they go home. Um, and even at the end when um, the final battle kind of happens, it's for the most part it's kind of set during a grey overcast day, and it's just Asgard like we always know it to be, and it's fine. <laughs> um, whereas I think in this movie they really, I think it's got they go for it in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. they don't. They didn't pull back from the whole comic booky. They're in, a, they're on a planet, but not really a planet. It's more like a realm. But what's a realm? It's kind of like a portal, I guess. But um, I feel like it's it's the movie overall. Even in Mexico, looks great. I think it has a general like visual sort of um, a flair to it that I kind of miss in the new films. Um, and I, I feel like it's being made a point of a lot. But Kenneth Branagh, the director. Um, he just loves them um, Dutch angles, like these very askew angles that make. He does. It's it's distracting. Um, and I recently watched a, a video essay kind of thing on his career in movies, um, and what the the overriding thing was that he just every once in a while just with a movie goes way too over the top with it. So like, I think he made like some sort of um, Frankenstein movie, and they ran the entire movie in like fast forward, really fast forward. And the camera is constantly moving in a circle the entire movie. Um, so, like, a scene where people are dying or people are talking or people are just having a glass of wine, it's just people, a, a circle circling the character, a, a camera circling the characters in 360 the entire time. Um, odd. I don't like it. <laughs> and he, apparently, he just, does this every, he just does this every once in a while. And I think in this movie, it isn't the worst habit he's ever had, but the Dutch angles just make no sense for the most part in this movie. Um, so it's kind of distracting that, that element. And uh, to criticize it, I think more would be just to say that it's not, it's not like a, a groundbreaking Marvel movie. It's not like a, a Black Panther or an Avengers or an Endgame or anything like that. It's a, it's definitely an origin movie that's taking it, taking some notes from Spider-Man or Iron Man or uh, Superman from 1978. It's very much in that sort of formula. Um, I just think what it does within that is very, it's just great. I just, I don't understand the hatred for this movie in some ways. <laughs> I want, I want more of this in some ways. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's more, it's a very uniquely looking film. It's just one that you want going forward. You want to see that attention to detail. Yeah. Um, so you want to move on to yours, Doctor Strange? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, my number. I've given the game away. <laughs> yeah. But my number ten is Doctor Strange. I've said it before. I think for me, this is this is my most underrated film in the MCU. Right. Okay. I really love Doctor Strange. Hmm. Um, it's only really in the position that it is, as in as low it is as it is, because the nine films that come ahead of it are just a little bit better. Yeah. Which yeah. is something I am really grateful to be able to say. <laughs> yeah. Films, yeah, um, <laughs> I think Doctor Strange is visually stunning. I like the characterization. There's a danger that it could go too far, too close to Tony Stark, yeah, kind of, which it does, but I think it does really well to pull away from that mm-hmm. and it makes it a very different character, yeah. Um, like you said last time we did this, um, or a couple of weeks ago, you said, um, it's really unique how Doctor Strange is taken back and shook when he kills someone. 
Mm, yeah. Which is something other than uh, other than maybe Steve Rogers. Because mm-hmm. in, in Civil War, he tries to Bucky's going round and he on the on the you know on the staircase. Yeah. I remember. I think, I think Bucky is going at the police officers like he's trying to kill them, and Cap saves a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, that's not that that tiny little detail is the only other time we have it. This is the, the only time that it's a feels like a proper mm-hmm. key part of the film. Yeah. Um, I think I've said visually it's great. I I just really love these. There are times really quite philosophical nature to it. Yeah, there is kind of like this kind of like discovery element to it. Mm, that underlying kind of there's more to life. There's meaning. All that stuff, I think it's all great stuff, and it's good to have that in a comic book film. Yeah. Um, in a way, I'm I, I'm not going to try and inflame you by going too bold with this claim, <laughs> but in a way, it's a little bit rainy. Mm, yeah. Already, I... in that there's some subtext there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it's exactly like those films, but I think I it's, uh, it's an element that these yeah. better. MCU films have. Yeah, um, I I would say this movie definitely leans into the drama more than most of origin movies do. Mm. Um, this movie isn't isn't for the most part very comedic. I would say it's um, no, it's, it's not. It's very serious. It's quite restrained for a Marvel movie like in this time period. Yeah, uh, and I feel like I think I've said before, but I think my main problem with the movie is that I feel like every once in a while it's kind of like a studio note sort of thing when it's a but I, you gotta do a joke though, because it's an MCU film. Um, so I feel like those jokes with um, the librarian, is it? Um, Wong. Yeah, I feel like his jokes and some of the other ones just, just don't mesh well with the tone of the movie. Um, uh, and I, yeah, it's 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 kind of like my main thing about this movie that kind of holds it back from, from me loving it. Um, but yeah, I do I like it as well quite quite a lot. Yeah. Mm, um, yeah. The the scene with the lightning bolt's great. I love that scene. Mm, yeah, I love again the, the just the dynamic between all the different characters, as in Doctor Strange, Mordo, the Ancient One. Mm. How they it'd be very easy to have all those characters like Wong and Mordo and Ancient One be all all the same kind of. We're dedicated to this cause. We're all in the same robes. We're all aligned. We're all generically the same good guy team. Yeah. But I like how subtly they're all different. Yeah. And that, well, I guess it's not so subtly for Mordo and the Ancient One because they do clash towards the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I just love the uniqueness of having that, like, different. It doesn't just feel like Doctor Strange and his sidekicks. They all feel like different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Rachel McAdams' character feels like doesn't just feel like the the love interest. She feels like an actual character that's there to serve a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. again, you know, the images, as in not just special effects, but the way in which people are framed. I think particularly the ending, where he's in the window. Mm, yeah. And again, I go on about it a lot about the watch. I love that he still has the watch. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Like, yeah. it's a good way of just wrapping up the story in a thematic way compared to other films that kind of like don't do that sometimes <laughs> yeah and again it's sort of hopefully it exists as like a reminder like i hope he keeps the watch going forward yeah definitely like you said in the, in the past like to do with consequences and remembering the past and yeah. having that be the bedrock that the future is built on mm-hmm. and as i said last week i am kind of gonna miss scott derrickson behind this 
Yeah. I yeah. do feel like he's put a lot into it. Oh, definitely. He loves the character. Yeah. Apparently, um, the horror film he did before this was, is, is quite good mm-hmm. um, as well. And if they'd replaced him with any old director, I'd, I'd, I'd be saying how it's quite sad that he's left. <laughs> yeah. But with it being Raimi, uh, it's Raimi. So... It's hard. It's hard Sorry, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it being confirmed, by the way? Like, it's definitely him, Sam Raimi. Well, no one's actually said anything official, but I think Raimi said in an interview that he'd mentioned that he's doing it. It's so strange to me that, because I think they're filming in like next month, I think. Yeah. Um, That's so odd. Well, it, it actually, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is, because if they're filming next month, yeah, and it was somebody else. I think they said that they'd have come out and said it, but because people sort of already know, I think they just left it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, God, yeah, it's so strange to me that this film's going to get a sequel made by Sam Raimi. Um, I know the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, um, I am. Um, I'm so half and half like afraid and excited because I'm excited because it's Raimi, and I trust that they will. Someone like Orion Coogler or James Gunn, they will say, you make your film, sort of thing. Um, and as well, it comes at the beginning of this sort of new a new age. Yeah, it kind of. I feel like we've got a bit more of a free reign going forward from now on. And as uh, well, with yeah, with a lot of things that we've sort of been told with WandaVision, mm. with the Loki series, mm. it feels like this is going to be a very, very pivotal film. Yeah, it definitely does, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of... I really do hope that the film isn't going to be kind of mandated be in the MCU tone. Um, if Raimi wanted that tone and he can do it and he can pull it off, I'm happy. For, I'm happy for him to do that. But I really don't want him to have like the 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 pressure to do another chapter in this universe and have it consistent. Because um, I feel like Black Panther is a good example of being a film that it does feel consistent but not restrained. Um, mm. I hope he gets that sort of treatment and not um, pressure to do a to do a studio film that he doesn't want to do. Because I think he doesn't. I can't as want to do that if he's going to be doing another film yeah. after the size. Um, yeah, I think there's always the danger of having that studio-led mm-hmm. thing with a blockbuster like this. But I do feel like Marvel are moving away from that. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong. They could come out with the next one and it'd be really studio-heavy. But with what the directors have said. Particularly Chloe Zhao, I do feel like they are moving away from the studio heavy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there'll be things that they want in there. Yeah. But I feel like they're moving away from Warner Brothers level mm. of reshoot the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a. Thankfully, I hope that era's kind of gone from that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of. I, um, I was going to say something there about something else. Um, yeah, I just hope that this film and it's it's not going to be it's not going to be kind of pushed around as much as it could be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. we hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, the point I was going to make was that Chloe Zhao. Uh, it sounds like a small thing, but her being able to shoot the Eternals on a film instead instead of them um, digital is kind of like a big thing for Marvel. Like, oh yeah, shot on film since the first Thor movie. I don't think. Um, and that's pretty like incredible. Like that fact that they went, you can do this now because we are we've made a billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's kind of nice of them to do that. Um, yeah, do you want to move on? 
Yeah, number nine. Uh, okay, so my number nine. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of controversial, I think, as well. Um, again, it's in. It's definitely in. I love this movie, Sexton. Um, I just think, for me, there's films that kind of. I, I don't want to say are, are better, like because <laughs> not. There's not. I mean, there's not objectivity, but I feel like it, this film. It. I love it. It's just not what I entirely wanted. Um, uh, so for me, number nine. Yeah, number nine is <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Um, I really love this movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I. Yeah, for me, it's it's a great movie, and I kind of like kind of astounded by it and how great it is. And I feel like it's one of those kind of special to the MCU sort of things where it's had an entire movie to have like the first act, the first act kind of like done for two hours, um, and have twenty movies to be come back there, come back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it worked extraordinarily well. And I feel like everything to do with the characters, especially Tony Stark and uh, Captain America, is insanely very good um and i i kind of and it's for me i was expecting something different i think i said in my instagram review that i was expecting like a maybe just a slower film in general mm-hmm. uh, but for me I, it was much more of a i wouldn't say a standard but it was definitely a kind of like a 20 minute mark we get and that comes back and he's got time travel time travel possibilities and all this sort of stuff um so i think for me, I, I wanted a slower film overall, and if there was going to be a time travel heist or a, a, a CGI fight at the end, I would rather it happen in the last hour <laughs> um, and have the first two hours be that first um, hour over again. <laughs> but instead, we got what is surprising to me is um, a movie that I didn't think I wanted, but I definitely loved that I got. Um, the fact that we go through... And I mean, it's just a it's just a weird bouncing act of having to go back in time and go through all your best moments in the franchise and not be like really in your face about it. Like it's sort of a miracle that this movie isn't like really annoyingly kind of like nostalgic about itself. Um, it just does it. It does it purely for the entertainment of it and the fun of it. Yeah, and Tony Stark being his father and Captain America seeing Peggy. Um, it's all sort of. Um, done for some reason in some way and it's always done with some care in mind um and i feel like it, it all works so well um and again having a small cast than infinity war i feel like it's a much more stable movie for me i feel like i i it's not maybe it's almost like a i don't think it's a, it's a, it's a it's as watchable as infinity war as in like you can watch it whenever you want sort of thing um mm. But Endgame, I did, I did feel like it's the heftier film. I feel like it's the it's the film I kind of wanted the franchise to... If it's going to have an ending, it's going to be here. Like, it's going to end here. And I would like it to be end here if it had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of... I think Thor is great as a movie. I feel like sometimes they go a bit too much comedic with him, with his, his whole body transformation and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like there is some comedic or outweigh sometimes in this movie. I do feel like I'd rather have... I would cut some scenes and then just kind of let some other scenes breathe. I feel like a pretty good idea for me is... A pretty good example for me is when um, um, Hawkeye and Black Widow meet for the first time in in um, Tokyo. And there's kind of like this very sweet, tender moment. And I feel like there's a very abrupt, hard cut to 
for drinking a kind of beer and sunglasses. And I feel like it's a very, it, it works well as a joke, but I feel like it's, it's sort of that kind of like, I'd wish you just kind of stuck with this tone for a, a bit longer. Um, it was not the movie I expected walking in at all. Um, kind of similar to like Rise, uh, Rise of Skywalker. It wasn't what I expected walking in, but what I got, I deeply kind of like loved for, for what it was. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely an experience you can only get after being like a fan, I guess, of, this, of these movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's all made like with love. I can't deny that it's made with love. Like compared to all the other highest grossing films of all time, sometimes you get some real like just studio made franchise nostalgia mining sort of things. Um, but this film, I generally feel like for the most part, it's, just, it's made with love. Um, and everyone cares about what they're making, and everyone behind the camera, everyone in front of the camera. Um, yeah, it's 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 a movie that I I respect and love, and kind of just am amazed it exists <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I just feel like Marvel has, has done better in terms of like tone handling and kind of just making a movie and going for it in this one sort of category of this mm. is this. Whereas I feel like this movie, Endgame, is more kind of like a every movie put into one sort of thing. And it's, for the most part, it works very well. But sometimes, sometimes to me, it kind of like, it kind of just gets a bit wishy-washy of where we're, what tone and what kind of story we're trying to tell. Um, but otherwise, other than that, I do kind of adore this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I adore it. <laughs> the film, again, it's, it's a bit higher for me mm-hmm. in, the, in the list. But I, I, yeah, I'd echo a lot with what you, of what you said. Mm-hmm. I think one of the major things that stand out about this is that you have all these moments that are going back on the past and yeah. you know, involve nostalgia. But at the end of the day, at the heart and the root of it, you do still have these characters who have their journeys and who gain something as well from seeing these nostalgic things. Yeah, it's not just there; they're there to look at them, like you said. It's they're there because. Thor is back in Asgard because he has development there with his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony get Tony and Steve go back to the old military base because they have development there. Yeah. And it's ultimately just completely rooted in that. Mm-hmm. And that's the overriding thing. Yeah. And like you said, it's made with love, and that's exactly what a film should be. Yeah, it's made with love and as an appreciation for to the fans for everything they've helped them achieve because there's no secret that I think they are they are dedicated to what is to rewarding that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not trying yeah. to. Yeah, um, I feel like there's sometimes this weird thing with franchise where as they get older they try to be more subversive, but in like in not very good ways. Like they try to be different, but not in not interesting interesting on new ways like i feel like um a really good example is last jedi or cobra kai from karate kid <laughs> um that's like a really good example of being sub- subversive but not being like betraying what's already been done mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna do a review on cobra kai are you do you like it i watched it recently i love it same i love it so much I think it's great <laughs> it came out of nowhere as well i know uh, yeah uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, um, yeah, I think it's number nine. It's not, yeah, number nine because mm. it's. I love the majority of it. I just wish that 
scenes that were more what I wanted from the film were longer. So, so like, like you were saying, there's development development that has had in different um, time travel situations. Um, I just wish that personally that Captain America did more than just look at Peggy and go, oh yeah, Peggy was kind of nice. <laughs> like, I kind of wish it was a bit more to like a full, a full kind of, I don't know, like an arc and some sort of reinforcement of these ideas. Um, and I, again, it's sort of a hard thing to review because it's part two of a part two, like sort of movies thing. And also it's working off the back of 22 movies. Um, so in a sense, when you look at Peggy, when he looks at Peggy, you kind of see the, the past 10 movies, <laughs> um, which is something the franchise don't usually have. Um, so this film having that is kind of a gift that they've used, used very well. Um, so yeah, I love it. I just I think there's better things suited, suited for what I want in this franchise. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's all. <laughs> What's um, yours? My number nine is Ragnarok. Oh, okay. It's higher than what you put. I think you put it, you put it like mid-teens, mid-low teens. Fourteen, uh, I think. Fourteen. Yeah. Um, again, like. I, I, obviously, if it's a different episode of the podcast, I'm not going to just say, check out the other one. <laughs> but um, I like what you said. I, I I really like the film, mainly because of how it really tries to go in a new direction with Thor. Yeah. And I would say 95% of the time it succeeds. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. real change and real significance there for Thor. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's... I, I do feel like it's very Taika Waititi. <laughs> yeah. In that a lot of a lot of stuff happens, a lot of heavier heavier stuff happens, mm-hmm. even if it does have the Marvel tint on it. Yeah, the sort of, but we can sort of tint to it. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I I do fully think that you don't probably see the full effect of this on for until Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. his scene with Rocket in the pod is probably the best follow-up to, to Ragnarok he could have. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, this, and I think a lot of the comedy really works. Definitely. I would argue this probably the, the funniest film. Yeah, I, I heard someone argue this is the it's probably the most fun in the genre, and I would probably agree, honestly. Yeah, I think it's a really fun film. I think I maybe, with the exception of one of the Guardians films, it's probably the funniest in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just it's just one of those films where I think it really surprised me with how not just how vibrant and how big and life it is, it's just how deep it goes as well. Yeah. And one of the, one of the most surprising scenes in it for me is when Thor and Loki have that conversation in the lift. Mm, yeah. Where it's sort of Thor's just like I I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's something like he's he's come to terms with the fact that they're two different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't kind of um, move on. Sorry? Can of like move on like yeah. this conflict that's been going on for ten years. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's that, that's that's a really good symbol of growth for Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. a symbol of change for their relationship as well. Yeah. And I think the the Thor Loki stuff in this film is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just think I think it's a really fun, really meaningful. It's not just fun for the sake of it. There's fun, you know. There's a purpose to it all. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that, that's the overriding thing that I've got from it. Yeah, yeah. I I have sometimes mixed feelings on this film because I go back to it once in a while and I kind of either I love it or I kind of I think I wish this was different, but in not in a bad way. I guess it's kind of like I think it's it's kind of it's, it's not like a joke, but um, it's so much fun that it's sometimes too much fun. <laughs> like it's sometimes too like. I don't want to say light because so many things do happen, but I mean, Thor loses his eye in this film and it's kind of brushed over, and Asgard is kind of ruined and exploded and all these sort of things. And there's a there's a reveal of a of an unknown sister character, um, and the father, the um, um, Odin dies, um, the, and I think that's a great scene by in itself. But I I often feel that the film is more concerned with being the fun wacky adventure movie that it is. Um, and I feel like it does work sometimes for me, the most part. The yeah. idea, this is the most fun movie you'll ever have in the MCU. And I just wish that knowing Takawati's other work, that he would do some more some more different things with that and kind of like do a Jojo Rabbit or a, or a boy um, or a Wolf of People sort of experience where it's kind of a half and half sort of, sort of like happy, sad sort of thing. Um which I feel like for the most part is very much just a happy, happy sort of good movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I can't really fault it for that because that's what it's going for and it works. I can't deny that it does work. Um, so yeah, I do like this film a lot. I just, I just, I just feel weird feelings towards it sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You think if Love and Thunder is full of Titi, like you say, do you think you look at this one differently, maybe in more more, more positive way? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think I'll know then that he was going, he was always going to do this sort of uh, melding of happy sad sort of films that he always does um, further down the line, and it's yeah. just more of a sort of like a reboot for four character for the four character. Uh, so I feel yeah, I feel like that works. I feel like having it this movie like a reboot sort of thing. Um, I I think it's similar to the, the Homecoming sort of thing where I feel Homecoming is very similar, is like a, a very good reboot for the character. Um, but I feel like if the next film is going to be the same thing again without any sort of added sort of depth to it, I feel like I could get very sick of it very quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I hope the next one's going to be a bit more, a bit, I don't know, a bit more YTT, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, like we said last week, you know, YTT is one of the most interesting and exciting, I don't want to say new filmmakers, because I suppose he's not really... It's kind of a new mainstream, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I suppose a good way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yep. Numero eight. So my number eight is um, Captain America Civil War. Yeah. I, for the most part, really like this movie a lot. Um, I feel like it's got some really great conflict in it. I feel like it's got some really great character moments and character scenes and character arcs and I feel like the teams make sense in a lot of ways. I feel like again in a surprising way I feel that the teams make sense in a subversive way done right. I feel like Black Widow being on Tony's side is very it feels correct when she's when she explains herself. Um mm. similar thing to Captain America being on his side. I feel like it, it all it all makes sense. I always I feel the the emotional impact of these conflicts growing into a bigger and bigger sort of deal. Um, 
I also feel like the the Russo style, <clears throat> the Russo style here of like the raw handheld quick cutting sort of effect does work here quite well. Um, I feel like as they've gone gone on with their career in the Marvel universe, I feel like they've lost that sort of style a bit. Um, I feel like when we get when we get to Endgame and Infinity War, I feel like they've kind of um, went towards the idea of more CGI free flowing camera movements that make sort of no sense in terms of actually a real camera but it's all sort of free-flowing very elegant sort of filmmaking and i kind of miss their uh, winter soldier to civil war kind of gritty handheld um action sort of choreography mm-hmm. uh, and i yeah so for the most part i do i love this movie and i feel like the villain baron zemo is a great example of this like using a villain very well um and people have made the argument that it's not he's not like necessary for the story but um i can kind of see what you mean by that i i feel like he's a great element that needs to be in this movie because he is he is the everyday person in that in that role essentially um Mm -hmm. and i feel like having a movie about collateral damage and all these different things and not having an actual everyday person be in that movie would be kind of a weird thing um yeah it'd be kind of you're saying one thing but doing something else completely different um and I feel like this movie for the most part does that very well, especially in the end, um, which is, I think is my favorite part of this film when they come together in that in that fight in that um, sort of laboratory part. Um, mm. I feel like that's it's all motivated by simple sort of character things that make sense, and they work in a weird way for me. Where, like the reveal that Bucky kills parents is um, it's very much um, it works in a way of like you love this franchise. It's kind of a, it's kind of like a rewarding that you this sort of Easter egg has kind of became like a cool thing. <laughs> and at the same time, it also makes sense for the characters. Um, mm. It works. I, it was really weird for me because it was only afterwards going back and watching Winter Soldier that this is revealed before. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Like going into this, when the twist happened, I was thinking, this is new, this is groundbreaking. Oh my God, I can't believe I've done this. Yeah. But then I went back and rewatched. Winter Soldier a while later and mm. thought, oh my god. It's in the news How did I not know this? Yeah, yeah. It's in like the whole news thing, like the articles. Yeah, uh, yeah so like I think I think it's a great example of the MCU doing what they do like at best is making these little these little like sort of Easter egg sort of things into actual story points that make oh, yeah. character driven sense. Um, Definitely. Um and I feel like this movie especially has this, has a great strength of having different perspective, uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like having uh, these characters come together and having them all play in a, a different perspective, and they all in some ways make sense. Um, it's yeah. very, it's weirdly like heartbreaking and kind of like a discussion you can have in real life as well. Um, I was gonna say that um, I'm, I'm sort of gonna reveal this now because I feel like if, if we'll probably talk a lot about it now. For me, Civil War isn't that much higher than it is for you. Mm-hmm. In my yeah. ranking, Civil War comes in at five. Oh, okay. Cool. So it's three places ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say now that the main thing, like you were saying, is one of the one I feel like it's perhaps a sort of underrated and one of the best scenes in this film and one of the better scenes in the whole universe is where they are explaining things in the Avengers headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like what I only really felt upon rewatch is that. It's all cuts between different all the Avengers, and they all. It's difficult to explain. Like 
it cuts from pro to con to pro to con, if that's yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think the way that seems both written and directed, in that literally every every argument, every sentence swings you in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can feel why each of them are doing this. Like each line is it's tailored to that character and why that character would pick that particular side. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it draws you into it. And then another character says something different and it draws you to that. Yeah, it's there's a weird sort of rhythm to, the, rhythm to this movie in a lot of ways. Um, we kind of keep on going back and forth between characters and, and it doesn't feel like a different, like disconnected storytelling. It doesn't feel like we're seeing this point of view then so we have to do this completely different thing. It just—it all feels like it's going towards this one climatic ending that, that really works. Um, mm. It also feels like no character's forgotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everyone, everyone has an inbuilt reason for yeah. why they're a why they're in the film and b why they're on that particular side. Yeah, I feel like, like you have you have Scarlet Witch's bit at the beginning. Mm-hmm. To Vision's bit. Yeah. It's... It's. I feel like this is the best the best example of the Russo brothers handling a big cast very well. Um, I think this is the best they've done with that sort of um, handling. Because uh, I feel like these characters are like this is the point where it's like just enough characters to be a big movie but not be too big. Um, so I feel like that works very well for this movie. Um, I think the biggest problem for me with this movie is I feel like I talked about this before in the Instagram post, but the 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 airplane the um, the uh, airport fight. I I don't understand the majority of choices made in that fight. Um, I never feel the same way in the cinema when I saw it the first time as well. Um, because they, I think they hyped they hyped that fight so much in the trailers and stuff like that to be like the big end game sort of level of like this is the this is the climatic ending where they're all going to like really split apart. Um, and for me, it felt more like a just another fun entry in like the Marvel action like scenes, um, and I feel like it isn't like a. I wouldn't say it's like a, a bad action sequence. I just think it's it's more like a, a contradictory to the rest of the film sort of action sequence. It feels, mm. it feels like a movie that's very much steeped in the Captain America two tone of like very serious kind of like, if it's going to be a comedic bit, it's not really a joke to the audience. It's more of like a joke to, a character to a character. Um, Whereas I feel in this film, in this uh, fight scene, it gets into that area of being a bit more for the audience and not for the actual story being told. Um, I f- yeah, I feel like even like the, the ending of it being Rory kind of um, um, hitting the hitting the ground and having no use of, no use of legs, it's it is one of those things where like okay that feels like a big stakes or a big change or a big like point of like a uh, shock, but. When you look at his scenes going forward, I don't think they ever really bring up again as any sort of major point. Um, the only it... time it's brought up is in Endgame. Yeah, kind of. It's when Nebula uses a hand, a metal hand, to obtain the orb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says that's... something like, "I wasn't always this way either." Yeah, it's. Yeah, it kind of feels like they we're making this scene separate from the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's kind of like. I don't know, it just feels odd to me whenever it starts up. And then, again, I feel like for me, this is probably one of my least um, favourite, like, visually-looking Marvel movies. I feel like this is one of the most, um, in general, it's sort of bland-looking um, films in the franchise. Um, I 
lean more towards even like uh, the first Iron Man, which is a similar sort of tone of like like a kind of a grounded movie based around terrorism <laughs> for the most part. I mean. Yeah, uh, that film for me looks great the entire time. This one to me just looks a bit constantly kind of like a grey bland sort of effect. <laughs> it's sort of like everyone's always talking in offices or corridors or broad daylight, sort of grey overcast days. It's I wish they went for a bit more visual because I think kind of harms my investment in some of the more bombastic scenes. Um, for, the most part, for the most part, I do love this movie a lot. And I feel like after the airport scene, it, it gets stuff together and gets really, really good again. Um, it is like this is this weird hiccup for me where a good 20 minutes is spent on this thing that I just don't, I just don't engage with whatsoever. <laughs> It just feels a bit like lackluster for me, that big airport fight. Um, but yeah, other than that, I do love this film. Yeah. Mm. One other thing I'd like to say is that um, you might not agree with me. <laughs> this film, as well as, as the, the two big things being this film and Thanos' monologues, mm. make me think that I. Here we go. I think I probably prefer Marcus and McFeely's. Writing to Whedon. Really? Okay. Yeah, I just feel like it's so much more balanced. Right. Um, Whereas Whedon, while he did produce some absolutely iconic dialogue, yeah, he also <laughs> produced some right stinkers. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Every once in a while, yeah. Mm. Um, and as well, sort of example of that is like you were saying about Zemo. Mm-hmm. One of the best lines in this film is when he says to Cap, he says something like, "Is uh, now I've met you in person, I can see, is that a little bit of green in the blue of your eye? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which for me... Oh, that's, a good, that's a good line. That's a good really line. Good. Um, yeah, I, I can I can half agree with that, I think. I, I guess the one thing I'll disagree on is the fact that I feel like um, Josh Whedon, in general, um, handled... In putting in comedy with the drama, um, I feel like if you look at the scene between the Avengers in the um, in the helicarry in the first movie, mm-hmm. uh, that scene is entirely filled with conflict and drama. However, I would never say that any of the really laugh out kind of like jokey scene uh, moments and that ever pull away from that tension rising. Because um, there are some really funny moments in that scene, but none of them feel like we're well, taking a break from the tension and they're going to go back in. Um, when I compare that to some of um, the Marcus McFeely writing in the, the next few, I always feel like there's a distinct difference between how they do um, comedy when it, when it becomes drama and then comedy, and then drama and then comedy. It doesn't feel like the two together as well. Um, a great example of me is the, the, in Endgame, um, um, there's that scene with um, Ant-Man going through time, and he kind of like gets younger and older and younger and older. Um and it's a very funny scene on its own, but then if you, at the same time, it doesn't feel like the tension that could have been there off that sort of kind of like a high stakes situation. Um, I feel like if Josh Whedon was writing that, it would feel a bit more coherent as like a narrative dram- dramatic beat instead of just being a comedic scene outside of the actual drama or the even the story. Even um, it's yeah, I, but I do get what you mean with the mockers. I feel like they handle. The, the abundance of characters much better than I think Whedon did. Um, mm. I feel like when we get to Age of Ultron, I feel like a big problem there is the fact that 
there's many characters and he's having trouble handling them all. Um, and I feel like a part of that is definitely the fact that he wants to give them all a big arc um, compared to in Infinity War where we kind of get everyone becomes kind of like a witty banter machine <laughs> and kind of is is there to be in the background having their moment to shine as a character for one scene maybe. Um, um, so I, I can get what you mean definitely. Like a halfway agree there. Um, for sure, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Okay, I'm thinking now because we've been doing this for an hour and a half. Holy shit, we have, yeah. <laughs> and we still have seven left. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, no, we, we have we have seven picks and then my number eight. All right. I'm trying to think about how to do this. <laughs> do you want to kind of like not rush through them, but like. Put a time limit on it of five minutes, maybe. <laughs> we can do, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll try to try to be a bit snappier. Okay. All right. So my my number eight is Guardians of the Galaxy two. Oh, okay. Um, I imagine Pipe is a bit higher than me. A bit higher, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a really great personal film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's probably the most personal feeling film out of all the MCU films. Yeah, kind of. And then again, even in the second place for that is probably the first Guardians film for me. Mm-hmm. But the, the overriding film, yeah, that, that's just the overriding feeling I get from this is that the, especially you get from the ones higher up on this list in that they are feeling like really powerful personal films that have a message in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that Gunn handles these characters, he just does it with so much love. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, the comedy works. Yeah, which I'm more personal for might not get. And I think this is, like I said, with I thought Ragnarok was probably the funniest. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably the second place. <laughs> right. Well, the comedy in this really works for me. And you have the example of the Avengers and having a group of people that are a bit like a family, and you have great dynamics in there. You also have this with the Guardians films, but. What's remarkable is that it doesn't feel... If you compare the Avengers with the Guardians, it doesn't just feel like the same thing but in space. Yeah, it's true. They feel just so unique and so together as a group. Yeah. And how they react to to ego and the world and how they all have their own bit of development. Oh, definitely. They all have a bit of a journey. Gamora and and Nebula, they have that growth and they have that realisation. You have that growth, obviously, with Quill and his father and Yondu. You also have probably the heart of this film in Rocket. Oh, definitely, yeah. Who, you know, Rocket and Yondu is a really great duo in really bringing out the best in those characters. Mm-hmm. In the way that they both sort of expose each other. Yeah. Because they understand each other so well. And then the ultimate the ultimate cherry on the cake for this film is what Rocket says at the end. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you have this heartbreaking moment where Yondu dies, and he says, "He says he he might be a he might be your dad, but I'm your daddy, or something like that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is both. What makes that line so heartbreaking is the fact that it is amusing as well. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's so Yondu. <laughs> it's more like in his character to say something like that, but also to have like. The movie be so serious about it and be so heartfelt about it. It's like it's a big moment in that film. 
it's yeah, not as... you, you have that sincerity in it, which yeah. we've even, talked about before. Even before that, the, the Mary Poppins uh, joke isn't treated like a joke, as in like like a wink and a nudge to the to the audience. It's more like a a euphoric moment for that character. Uh, yeah, it is, and that's 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 sort of the brilliance of the gun comedy, I think. Yeah, it's more like a like a euphoric moment rather than just a joke for the sake of being a joke. Um, Again, it serves, it serves the purpose of the greater drama. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and like, like I was going to say, the, the line that Rocket utters where he's like, they came even though he, he stole the batteries. Yeah. They came and then Quill says, of course they did. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. just feels, it just feels so heartfelt and so emotive and so so poignant. It is, yeah. It's it's amazing to me that this film ends on Rocket crying to the camera. <laughs> like that. <laughs> movie it's it's what i want mc to be doing from now on like this sort of stuff where it's it's all about the director who loves the characters um and i we were hoping to get that with chloe Zhao and sam Raimi, but that's why that's what i want from now on i don't really want i'm not really in the mood yet for a big end game event <laughs> sort of thing oh no yeah you want the personal sales yeah i'm excited for that the future possibly yeah uh, do you want to move on quickly? Yeah, number seven. <laughs> number seven for me is um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Um, for me, this is a very it's like a, a weird highlight for me because for me, this is when I got into Marvel again. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I I watched Iron Man in two thousand eight and loved it, and I love Iron Man too. And then somehow I just didn't know about Thor or Captain America, and then from that I somehow also missed Avengers. Like, somehow I missed Avengers. I got no idea how. Um, so I watched it, but like, when it came out on DVD, the Avengers, because I saw Iron Man on the cover, I was like, what the fuck? Am I? <laughs> um, and I, so I went back, and when the, I was just, my, this is my first sort of, like, I guess MCU in cinema experience where I knew what I was watching, if you know what I mean? Like, kind of like a, I am watching an MCU film. And, like, what a great way to start that off with, like, Captain America 2, <laughs> you know? Like, it's a phenomenal movie in many ways. Um, it's it's singular in its, like, tone. I don't feel like any other MCU movie has such a consistent tone that's not comedic uh, or even, like, light. Um, this movie is very much involved in politics and espionage and actual spy genre sort of things and just being... A spy genre, but we've got jokes. <laughs> um, mm. The Captain America character is, is like revamped in a lot of ways very well. Like it's it's hard to take a character into a modern setting who's so um, moralistically so good and like like a pillar of goodness. Mm. Um, so I feel like putting him in a world where similar to Superman and Man of Steel, which works which works for me, not not everyone, but. The idea of putting a character that's so good in a world and doesn't agree with him is such a great idea, if, like to make a character more interesting, because you you they become the underdog in a lot of ways. Like they don't become the the hero to look up to, they become the hero that's kind of like the underdog. Um, so I feel like that works very well, and I feel like it's probably for me my favorite Black Widow movie as well. Um, yeah. I feel like this is the biggest sort of like oh you're a real character now sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm so relieved with that, but because obviously her introduction in Iron Man Two is very sexualized. Very yes, <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't quite fully escape that mm. with Avengers, mainly because it's just Whedon. Yeah, she gets better, kind of. But 
Yeah, she gets better, but this is the first time where you look at her and everything she does, and you feel like, yes, she's, she's evolved. Yeah, she's a person who's doing her thing. Um, she has a little mini-arc sort of thing going on. Um, she, uh, Sam Wilson, um, Falcon, comes into it, and I think he has, has a great sort of... He is, literally has a great like intro and a great arc going on with him as well. Um, Bucky is there, and I feel like... Also, I wouldn't say this is Bucky's best movie. I would say that it is definitely a great way of introducing the idea of um, Captain America's biggest flaw being like friendship over like loyalty to law or order or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, I feel like it works very well. I feel like without that Bucky, without the Bucky like centerpiece being in this movie, I don't feel like the ending would have been as emotional. I feel like it would have been more of like a it would be more of an external threat than an actual emotional one by the end. Um, yeah, I think. One of the things that I mentioned last week, because I mentioned um, First Avenger, mm-hmm. is that what perhaps works from, for Captain America is, like, like you said, it's the bringing him into the modern era and the way he works morally mm-hmm. is that he's against the world. Yeah. But one of the things that also really helps him not get stuck in the, the mud of being this sickly character is that although he's Captain America... Mm-hmm. His loyalty isn't to any sense of America. Yeah. His loyalty is to good. Mm-hmm. And that is is really sold and it's really improved in the Winter Soldier where he sort of goes against America. Yeah. And he uh, chooses he chooses like you said, he chooses friendship over any idea of nationalism or yeah. loyalty. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. And it's 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 a great way of doing this character very well, and I feel like without that, this movie especially, I don't think the character would have would have been so like of a main player going forward. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel another great thing about this movie is the Russo brothers style that they do, a very sort of kinetic and uh, like raw action filmmaking, and kind of like a down down earth grounded sort of way of doing it. I feel like this is this is them at their maximum like height of working with that sort of style, and mm-hmm. I really really enjoy it um again it's probably my least favorite thing about them going forward but like they kind of lose it like kind of like not that they get bad at with it i feel like this kind of ignored doing that from now on because it's more of a ensemble ensemble movie about all these gods and you know stuff like that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i feel like this is the maximum russo brother movie and i really love it for that um yeah I, yeah it's a good movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. going to be one yeah Okay. My number seven is Iron Man. Mm, okay. Maybe a little bit low for what a lot of people would rank it as. Sometimes, yeah. And I think it's probably actually dropped from where I put it before. Oh. I think last time I put it, it might have been fifth. Oh, okay. I remember. But yeah, um, again, I love it. I think it's great. It's the OG film. <laughs> started it all. Yeah. Um. From a filmmaking standpoint, it's good to see that feeling of using practical and CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is something, again, we kind of lose, which I think you lose that with the suit thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's just that core of... The reason the entire MCU probably works, and the reason... Well, yeah, the reason the entire MCU works is because of its attention to the characters. The characters are above everything else, you know? Yeah. A lot of them are. It's Tony Stark, not Iron Man. It's Steve Rogers, yeah. It's Sam Wilson, not Falcon. Yeah. It's Bucky Barnes, not the Winter Soldier. 
Yeah. I could go on forever, and that's and that that's the whole point of it. And it starts at the front and centre with Iron Man, mm-hmm. where it is it is one hundred percent Tony Stark. And the reason that we care come Endgame about yeah. this character stems from this film. Definitely, yeah. It's the fact that we see him on this journey and we want him to succeed because we empathise with his realisation that he wants to do good mm. instead of destroying the world with his weapons. And there's very little... I don't think there's many scenes without him in it. Like Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. It's mm. a movie that's always with that character. Um, it's a it's a pure origin film. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like one of the most pure... like this character is what we're going to make important and this was going for it, you know, sort of movies. Um, and yeah, I, again, it's one of the things, again, we're kind of similar to the first four movie where I kind of missed their different way of making these films because um, you said thought about the CGI was a practical thing. And I feel like we, looking back at this movie recently, um, the suit at all times, I mean, it looks great the entire time. Oh yeah, it does. It looks amazing. It looks incredible. It's 2008 and it's, I think everything in this film looks incredible. I don't think there's a bad bit of CGI in there. Not at all. Um, I think when you go back and when you go forward about uh, ten years, it's it's weird because this film came out ten years ago, and I feel like I don't really there's barely any aging to it. Um, but mm. in FM or uh, I I don't know uh, Civil War maybe. Um, there are some shots in there where I look at the suit and I go, "That's not there." <laughs> like. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's because um, obviously CGI is getting much much more better than it used to be. It's we're much more confident with it now. Um, people can just use it whenever they want in a way. Uh, it can do many many great things. Um, but using it as like kind of like a a rule of use it because we can instead of using it because we have something here we want to build and then make it even better with CGI is kind of like the weird idea that I don't like anymore. I kind of want it to go back to. If we're going to have Captain America jump over a building, how about we film him jumping over a big green thing, <laughs> at least, you know, and not just do it entirely in CGI. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like okay. going forward, it's, yeah, it's a bit weird when we get to the end and it's kind of, it's all a green screen and Iron Man, I don't even think Orion is there for the most part. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of, I kind of miss this kind of heyday of CGI in 2000. 2005, 2010, I feel like the heyday of CGI because it was very much a half and half sort of deal. Um, yeah, that's all. <laughs> mm, yeah. And it's just a really good, pure origin film. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. probably the purest of pure origin films. <laughs> <laughs> it's Darth Attorney and Attorney. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. And again, a really competent and a really well written villain. Yeah, who is yeah. the complete antithesis of what Tony is, or what Tony now wants? Yeah, he's everything bad about Tony's past. That he wants to cut out. Yeah, he is uh, quite literally the the bad part of Tony. Yeah, he's um, a very good villain for an origin movie. Um, yeah, I, having that such contrast. Yeah, I feel like we've had better villains, but I don't think we've. I don't think it's a bad villain whatsoever. I think it's a good mm. one. Yeah, I think we've had better villains, mm-hmm. but we haven't had that many who are as relevant to the hero. Mm, yeah, maybe that's way, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Uh, do you want to move on? Yeah, we can do. 
Okay, my number six is it now? Yeah, <laughs> six mm-hmm. is Black Panther. Um, Very yeah. good. When I first watched this film in 2018, 19, um, mm-hmm. I um, I liked this movie. I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't really understand the praise it was getting on the writing side, at least. Mm-hmm. I, un- I understood like the cultural sort of significance, significance of, uh, significant of it all. Um, but on the writing side, I didn't really understand why it was getting so much praise. Uh, it was only recently, and I mean like literally on like the third rewatch, where I was like, oh, this film is generally like genius in some ways. <laughs> like This is like, I adore this film now in a lot of ways. Um, I have some problems with it in the third act, but like aside from that, I think this film is a standout movie in this franchise, like a really great movie. It's, and I feel like it's because and looking back, I do think it's because walking in, I, I was expecting like an Iron Man movie, I guess. Like a, we are with T'Challa and then we would end with T'Challa um, sort of thing. And it was going to be about him versus a villain who's the opposite of him and is going to have some jokes, some quips, some all this sort of usual MCU, MCU stuff. Um, but I feel like for the most part, instead, we got this very well layered and written film which was more about the Wakandan society as a whole. And Mm-hmm. way more about the people of that live in that area, the people, the different ideology of just general politics and class, uh, class um, sort of class uh, warfare and stuff like that, and there's all these great ideas in this film, and I don't feel like any of them will get left behind, um, and I feel like it's interesting how much this film has, has to handle. They've got to introduce T'Challa again to a new audience, maybe. They've got to introduce Wakanda. They've got to do all these, these themes that they're going for are really big themes. <laughs> They've got to introduce a villain with a backstory and a whole backstory that makes entirely sense for the story. They've got to do so many different things in this movie. Um, establish even the background of the Black Panther origin story without, without actually having to do it. Um, yeah. It's There's so much that they have, this have, they have to do and the fact that it does it so well and pulls it off so well more, more so than I would say most movies that are in this sort of um, category in the model of like being an origin movie, because um, mm. as we, I think it's probably a common criticism that um, the villains are sort of weaker than the heroes usually are, and the fact that this movie for me at least has like some sort of really great balance between the two, where I feel as much empathy for the protagonist as I do with the, the antagonist, and I would that it, I feel the, the connection to the entire Wakandan sort of culture um, and like all the people that are in that culture, the characters that are there, even like people that don't get much to do, like I do feel like a connecting towards them because it's filmed and shot and um, written in such like a uh, such like an honest human way um, yeah. and yeah, it's a, it's an odd film because it's it's not what the MCU usually does but it's so unique and interesting and it's so yeah it's just so good like i i i feel like annoyed at myself for not realizing how good it was in my first like watch through um but yeah it's it's so great and I, yeah definitely a big flaw for me is definitely the the weird cgi sort of weightless action that happens sometimes mm-hmm. it, i i wonder if going forward with ryan Coogler that like, he, he's gonna like do much better the second time around with that um because i feel like he can do that because 
with like Creed, he made so many great action, action sword fighting sequences that are generally like really well done, like and better done than most action films are done now anyway. Um, so I feel like having these weird end of the end of the movie sort of CGI wireless whatever it was this <laughs> thing, uh, it's kind of a big disservice to the, to the big like the overall film because I will I I love this film but every once in a while like. When I think about it, I think about that scene first and foremost of being so weird and bad in a way. <laughs> um, and yeah, I wish that I just wish the, the action. I wish the action was better, but other than that, I do love this film a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd echo a lot of that. Yeah. The only reason that personally for me it's not as high in my list mm-hmm. is that I probably just enjoy the other films more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. Not a detriment to the film. There's nothing in there that's bad. Yeah. Remember, with the exception of the action sequences. Mm-hmm. But again, to me, that's not enough to make it a bad film. Yeah, definitely not. I really no. appreciate this film. I think it's, it's such a landmark. Definitely. And it never gets said. That gets said a lot. But mm-hmm. it is, and it's just so thoughtful and so well made, and so passionately mm. made. Yeah. Um. And the fact that it's made around a theme, we keep on to say this about the film, but the fact that it's not about making you like a certain character, it's all about the theme that it's trying to um, encompass is incredible, really, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on? Yeah. Um, this is going to be quick. My number six was Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Um, again, similar to what you said, I think. Mm. I'd echo everything there. The only reason yeah. it's a little bit higher for me probably is that I I really I just I've come to really appreciate Captain America. <laughs> yeah, it's I I didn't I was purely I was mainly team team Iron Man mm-hmm. as as the MCU happened. Yeah. But looking back, I wouldn't necessarily say I again I've completely switched sides. But just... I have a real appreciation for the way that Captain America's done and how that morally good character in this dark world yeah it's handled i love it it's a hard character to pull off in general really it is i mean the name itself is kind of like a a weird thing isn't it <laughs> it is it's a weird notion to comprehend yeah <laughs> wanna, uh, top five top five okay do you want to George, should we like both do our top five and then talk about them afterwards uh yeah sure yeah so you can go first all right okay um so number five for me is uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, mm-hmm. the first one in the franchise. <laughs> and number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Iron Man. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one. Uh, number one, Avengers. Um, Interesting. Very good. Yeah. Should we do mine? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So my number five, as I alluded to a few moments ago, is Civil War. Mm-hmm. Number four for me is Avengers. Right, the first one. Mm-hmm. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number two, Avengers: Infinity War. Oh. And number one is Avengers: Endgame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, where do we start? Um, so let's like go through mine real quick. You can do, yeah. So the first Captain America, I feel like it's 
it's weird because I don't think <laughs> it's weird because I don't think it's the best Captain America movie, but I do think it's my favorite one. Um, mm-hmm. it's the third that gets a bit lost in the weeds of kind of like this general kind of like just what are we doing <laughs> sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think it does. Um, that, however, that first like hour and a half is is pinnacle MCU for me. It's it's perfectly sweet and cheesy and in a way that I don't feel like the MCU is as much going forward. And it's sweet, it's cheesy, it's comedic, but it's not too comedic. It's it's somewhat dark. It's kind of like it's kind of just all centered around making this character the most empathetic we possibly make him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really just works for me so well. And I don't think the ending having kind of a lackluster sort of effect being uh, kind of brings it, brings it down too much for me. Um, but it's a highlight for me for the, in the MCU of being kind of like a standout, unapologetic sort of sweet movie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number four, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I adore this movie very much. <laughs> I think it's probably my favourite one that's purely character focused, and I just. It's a, by far my favorite looking looking movie in the franchise. Um, I think it's entirely entirely concerned with the characters to a point where it's the entire plot, or <laughs> in a sense. Um, I the only reason it's not like number one or number two is because I always feel like the comedy for me doesn't doesn't work all the time, and it's not because I don't feel like James Gunn doesn't doesn't write it write it well. It's mm-hmm. more it's one of those really subjective things where I just don't think the joke work for me, and. The movie, sometimes, the movie sometimes spends a lot of time on those jokes. So, um, like the joke for me of like the gold woman uh, walking and then suddenly the, the 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 carpet stops rolling out. That joke is for me. It kind of falls flat for me. I don't really have a reaction to it. Um, <clears throat> I just I don't roll my eyes or anything. I just kind of don't have a reaction to it. And I feel like there's a lot of jokes sprinkled in this movie that feel that way. Um, sort of like jokes that are jokes, and for me, subjectively, just don't work. Um, yeah. Okay. It's not like a problem, like a problem with the filmmaking. It's more for me, comedy is very subjective. Didn't really work for me, <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the rest of it just works so so beautifully, so well. Um, Yondu's death, the entirety of the first act of the 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 song was it, Mister Sun, Mister Sunshine, Mister Blues. Oh yeah, Mister Blues, <laughs> Blues guy. Yeah, it's so James Gunn and so character. But I yeah, I adore it. Um, number three, uh, Iron Man, the first one. Um, again, it's one of those movies I can't help but love. It's it's all about Tony. It has this sort of punk rock feel to it, where it was made with no script. <laughs> it's it's insanely good looking as a movie. It's it's so well like structured. Somehow, even though I didn't have a script, <laughs> it's so well character focused. It's so well plotted out. The third act is again kind of like a bit of a weak spot for me. It's kind of like a just fight the guy in the big suit uh, sort of thing. <laughs> uh, not saying it's like like uh, fight scene is more like kind of a uh, sure fight scene sort of thing. Mm. Uh, but other than that, I I love this film a lot. Um, number two, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I love I <laughs> well in that love category. I love this film a lot. It's I, the only reason I feel it's stronger than the third, the second movie is because it's just a bit more tight plot wise. Um, and I, I it's weird because I say that, but at the same time, my main flaw that I guess is the plot. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> it's it's more tight, it's more straightforward. But finally, MacGuffin characters will follow and therefore grow out of that conflict, um, mm. sort of story. But that being said, I can't help but admire the less plot focused element of the second movie. 
So I'm always like kind of in between the two movies of like, do I prefer the more straightforward character work of the first one, or do I prefer the more kind of kind of like just all character nor plot focus of the second movie? Um, and I could easily switch these two movies up every once in a while. I don't really have a preference. Everyone like I have a one I love, you know. <laughs> um, the first and my number one is the first Avengers movie. It's for me. This is like one of those like kind of weird like classic things for me where I just feel like it all works. Um, sure, I feel like it's sometimes too shot like a TV show instead of like movie. I feel like Joss Whedon hasn't taken quite that leap yet until like this until this movie. Um, but that third act is, is amazing, and I don't think in terms of action they have topped that third act in New York. Um, I feel that's still the pinnacle for me of like the action of Marvel or like that comedy sort of drama sort of. Um, it's a great combination of events. Yeah, it's great. Um, I feel like it's it's a pretty perfect sort of action blockbuster summer event movie. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's kind of I feel like I like put it up with like the entire like Jurassic Park or um, ET. So like I, it goes up with like sort of them movies of being like that good. You know, it's. And it will remain there for like quite a while. Um, I yeah, it's a I really just love this movie a lot. It's Joss Whedon when he's at its best, uh, not at its worst, which can be quite quite bad sometimes. Uh, uh, and again, I feel like the it's a kind of one of those weird things where we've done bigger things things since this movie, like the whole getting all his characters in one room together. But having the first time be such like a weird thing of like. How do we mix John Favreau with Kenneth Branagh, and how do we mix that George Johnson, Captain America, and then what do we do with Hulk? Because Hulk didn't really work very well. It's kind of like a miracle that it's this good, um, considering it didn't have the strong foundation of the MCU that it has going forward. Um, yeah, love it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yep. Do you want me to roll through mine? Yeah. So as we discussed, Civil War number five. Mm-hmm. I just love the interplay and how it sways so easily between the characters, mm-hmm. particularly that scene in the in the Avengers headquarters. Yeah, the, the 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 big battle in the airport. I don't mind it. I think there's a lot of there's a bit, some cool stuff in there visually, mm-hmm. but it's you know there's nothing to it. And then it regains itself with a really emotional final fight. Yeah, which you know that couldn't contrast more between those two fight sequences. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I would argue that Steve versus Iron Man is probably Steve versus her Tony, sorry, is probably one of the more heartbreaking fights. Yeah, if that very, makes sense. It's very grounded and like emotionally driven. Yeah, I love the way that, that the film has every character has a purpose within the film, mm-hmm. and they each bring something new to the table. Yeah, as 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 we said before. Now, uh, my number four was Avengers. Uh huh. And I, I mean no slight. <laughs> uh, again, Steve, putting it there. Again, I, I really love this film. It's the really nostalgic, classic Avengers film. Yeah. The film that should never have worked in a million years, but it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, it brought everything together, the way it meshes those characters together, and they all have meaningful things. That final battle, and where they all unite, is meaningful for every single one of them. Yeah, definitely. And again, it underpins, like I said, with Iron Man, the whole attention and the love that's gone into this mm-hmm. for them to make sense for all of them and to really make it a good movie. Yeah. 
Yes. It's not just some let's do it because it's cool and it'll make money. Yeah. They want to do this because they want to give these characters something beautiful on the screen. Mm-hmm. And they have done. The fact that it's meaningful for all of them, you have such delicate interplay between them. Such blatant rivalry, but then such heartwarming camaraderie as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and while I have criticised Whedon, yeah. I think Whedon is probably the only one who could have pulled this off. Mm, Especially definitely. in that in that in, in that that time period in twenty twelve, you have to have that. It has that very unique. This is comic book come to life. Yeah, kind of vibe to it visually and in the way that it's written. And I would not have it any other way. Mm-hmm. I you know it's fourth for me, but I still adore it. Yeah, and it's a really tough decision to put it fourth. I could quite <laughs> yeah. easily, if I did this list again from scratch, I could quite easily put this second or third. Yeah, maybe definitely. not second, but I could quite easily put it third. <laughs> yeah. Um, got my third place. Guardians one. Mhm. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to probably start all of my comments on my top five with the words "I love it," mm-hmm. but I do. It's yeah. just so. The way the characters work with each other and the way they come together, again, similar to the Avengers film, they're not just there because they have to be. Yeah. They're there for a purpose, and uniting them serves a purpose for all of them. Yeah. You know, they are growing together. They're there. They're by no means fixed, and that's also one thing that I think is good when it comes to the ending. Yeah. In the way they're all talking about, oh, do I do I do some good? Do I do some bad? <laughs> There's no pretending here that they're all the fix. They're morally good people. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Yeah. There's no illusions of that. They are still broken people, but they found each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the ultimate thing. And they come together at the end. And also that the, the emotional link between Quill and his mother. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I think I've said this before, but in the past I've I've watched it and it's glossed over me. Yeah. You know, 2014, I was 14 years old. It's glossed over me. <laughs> yeah. But now I watch it and I actually I feel that in my chest of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel it. Um, and much like the second Guardians film, mm-hmm. it has that personal feel to it. Yeah. It feels like James Gunn is putting his heart on the page here. Yeah. It always feels like it's, it's his voice successful. Yeah, and the characters that are allowed, the people that are allowed to live as these characters do an amazing job. The music's great as well. Uh-huh. And, you know, any other list, this film comes top. Same with the Avengers film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you were to give me a different category, yeah, it would come top. It's just that I love the ones that come above it a tiny bit more. <laughs> a tiny bit more. <laughs> Infinity War... Number two is mm-hmm. Infinity War. Right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the way, again, similar to... I'm going to say something about Endgame as well. But similar to Avengers, it's just the one that should never have worked. Yeah. You know? If, if you know, you'd have pitched this idea to Martin Scorsese, he'd have been, oh, no. <laughs> you fool. Yeah. But it just does, because, we're getting, again, we care about these characters because... Because Marvel have put such effort in, 
to making us care about them. We care about them in this scenario, and it doesn't. Obviously, character development stuff like that matters, but it might not matter that we see less of certain characters in this one than we do in others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know what the stakes are for them, and even then, I do feel like it's really well fleshed out. Hmm. And the reason, again, this is this is higher than the first Avengers film. It's because I do feel like their characters have more personal stake in it. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. They have, they have great personal stakes in the first one. Yeah. That's what makes it so good. But I feel like it, Infinity War feels like a natural progression after Avengers. Yeah. It does really feel like the stakes have been heightened. And it's not just to save the universe for saving the universe's sake. Mm-hmm. It's that feels that's it feels like that's a natural development point, mm-hmm. yeah. and the way in which it sort of plays on each of the main heroes, particularly Tony and Thor. For Tony, it's this is what he's been fearing for so long. Yeah, and for Thor, it's getting the revenge. I mean, his entry into Asgard, not into Asgard, into um, into Wakanda is just it's just shivers. <laughs> yeah it is and that's ultimately you know that's what we love <laughs> yeah we like it we like it a lot <laughs> um but grounded in those character moments you know yeah and i as a scene i love the snap oh yeah it's just as just as well you could come into that you see thor arrive and you see throw sort of thor thor throw the axe in yeah, and you think oh, that's it? It's just it's similar to the Avengers, first Avengers film and Age of Ultron. They've they've dealt with the threat. Yeah, and then he clicks his fingers and he does it, and everyone turns to dust. It's what a twist. <laughs> um, and the way it's handled as well, particularly with the sound design. Mm-hmm. There's no music; it's just the rustling of the trees, and I love that. Oh yeah, and the way it's filmed, like the perspective of the people that are experiencing the people they're losing. Yes, like, it's from Tony's perspective we lose we lose peer it's not like peer from his perspective it's from tony's perspective um yeah yeah that's that's a great like thing in the movie (laughs) sorry (laughs) it's like it's like a great idea of the movie because um it's what the franchise is built upon the idea of people that have met and then bonded and then losing each other it's kind of like a the entire mcu got built on that idea Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And my number one is Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> it still means a lot to me. Yeah. It, it, it just hit me, you know? It hits you. <laughs> and that, for me, is ultimately... I gave it on the reviews I've written down here. I gave it five on all categories. Yeah. And I was really sceptical about doing that, but then I just came back to it and thought, I shouldn't be sceptical because I love this film. Yeah. I can have said it. There it is. If you love it, you love it. Um, I I mean, there are there are continuity flaws in the final battle mm. oh, yeah, little they're... things but it speaks volumes that I just don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah it barely I might. see what I love yeah if you, if you know what I mean and yeah the prior it prioritizes the characters like you said it's just made with affection mm-hmm. to the characters to the people who've helped them get this far and <clears throat> you can feel that and Portal for me is one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. In 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 the cinema. Yes. Yeah. 
it's just I remember thinking when it happened. I remember a little, little bit of a tear in my eye, hmm. and I remember I remember the words that I thought. I remember thinking, it's all worth it. Yeah, those specific words. I remember thinking that, and that's what I always come back to. It's just ultimate. She was down your spine moment. Yeah, it's also like one of those things where it's just like. This is something that only the MCU could do. Like, there's not many franchises that could have that many characters and then kill them all off and then bring them back in a way that feels rewarding, in a way that feels like you're getting some sort of conclusion that feels natural. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's odd that having <clears throat> that is like a few everyone that you know and love died. They're, then they're back. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't feel cheap in any way. It feels like a a natural point. Like, <laughs> it just mm-hmm. feels natural. And again, I, I love the fact that in the first sort of hour or so, it's just little personal moments of them all coming back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just love that. I love the fact that they took that time to do that, and it's not just here we are, we're straight into it. I especially love the um, Tony and Steve argument um, when he lands. Oh yes, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's the, the callbacks, the full circle kind of part of it. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I know a lot of people don't really they say they don't like the big CGI battle mm-hmm. but I actually really love it I, I love that it's a big grey battlescape because it feels barren and it feels like this is it you know what I mean? it feels like a big destruction, this yeah. is the stakes kind of battle, it but does. I understand why people might not like it being a big grey battlefield it's a lot of CGI as well Thing, oh it? yeah it is but it's just i feel like the cgi we're seeing isn't just i mean it is it's just cgi but it's what they're doing with it that you don't really notice the cgi i feel yeah it's, it's all like oh my god there's there's valkyrie on is it, are there pegasus, pegasus? <laughs> yeah. yeah there's valkyrie on a pegasus oh my god ant man yeah. just punched the leviathan <laughs> <laughs> yeah that did happen <laughs> it's just glorious it is cinema. And like that's it's... why I love Endgame. Yeah. Number uh, one. Whew. That was quite a long experience in general. Like yeah, how of... how long is this? Um... Oh, it's, it's two hours. It's nearly as long as Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we got part one, part two. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel like on like a a general sort of note of the MCU in general, um, it's a it's a franchise that I, for the most part, really respect and love. Um, I love the majority, like at least half of the movies. I like a good amount of them as well. Um, I do dislike a few of them. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like, I yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like for a franchise that has 20, 23, 24, 22 movies, um, the fact that like there's only probably like six or seven that I don't like is a pretty much kind of a miracle. Like kind of like a. And a lot of them aren't even, like, the important ones that are, like, grand and, like, meaningful for the entire franchise. Yeah. Uh, so having a franchise that's mostly made of movies that I like and it's mostly about the characters and the pro- producers behind that want the characters to be the main things that are affecting um, is incredible. Like, it's incredible that the movies are... The movies are being made by produ- producers that care about the, the movies being good before they make, make sure that they're, they're hitting all the demographics or whatever. You know, it's... It's a it's a franchise that I think will define this entire generation for a long time. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's just I'll always admire I'm buying it for the scale. Yeah. Just the, the the core principle of having this vision for this massive universe. Yeah. 
yeah. and having the balls to just say, let's do it, let's give it a go. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you see the amount of franchises we've had in the past, you know, the ones that have had a bit of success at the start, they've ne- they've they've not even made it close to 23 films. Oh, yeah, no. With another 10 already announced or something, including TV shows. <laughs> TV shows, yeah. Um, the fact it's lasted for that long, yeah, that shows it's not just it's not just a cash grab. It's not just making these films because it's popular in the moment. I mean, sure, that has helped them along the way. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are profitable and people like them and they have made money is what made it appealing to Disney in the first place. Yeah, um, but in in in, the, in a weird paradox, that's enabled them to really go for it. Yeah. Um... I mean, I don't think I don't think there should be any apologies made for the fact that they wouldn't be able to do what they have done without Disney's money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, if if it was just about money, it, it would have failed after after ten or fifteen. Yeah. After the it would never have made it to Endgame. Yeah. I mean, after the first Avengers, there's a big <clears> question whether it would be whether this franchise would even go forward because like you've kind of like done the big thing now, the Avengers, but the fact that they went from that and made more character movies that were about new characters and therefore when you get to the next Avengers you want to have them all come together again but there's more of them and the people that you love um it's because it's it's rare we get a movie franchise or even a movie on its own that's made primarily in some ways at least by producers and it's not not in a bad way like in a a kind of a a cynical malicious sort of money-making way um we have Kevin Feige there, who's just doing the entire thing, um, making sure it all links together and is satisfying as a film on its own, um, as a character as a character on its own as well. Is something I don't think we've had for a long time. Like I, nothing ever really. Like we've had producers that trust directors, and that's when we've gotten really great movies like the first three Pirates of the Caribbean, stuff like that. Um, but it's rarely to get movies that are made by producers that are caring about what they're doing you know <laughs> it's mm. odd Big Kev's our man yeah he's our guy he's our guy <laughs> I mean, yeah. and as well to say that we have a producer now where i can say i can full heartedly say looking at the future of mcu that i actually trust him oh yeah definitely i 100 percent trust what kevin feige is going to do next yeah and star wars as well he's going to be doing some star wars stuff <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's being eyed. For, he's being eyed for that role. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. Do you want to wrap up then? Because it's yeah, we can wrap up. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want? Do you want to read through your twenty-three ranking? Oh yeah, sure. Um, so my last one, going upwards, is Ant Man and the Wasp for the Dark World. Ant Man number one. <laughs> Spider Man from Home. The Incredible Hulk, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 2, Doctor Strange, Avengers Edge of Ultron, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Infinity War, Iron Man 3, uh, 4, Avengers Endgame, Civil War, Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Captain America The First Avenger, God, <laughs> God, Galaxy, yeah, God Galaxy Volume 2, Iron Man number 1, uh, Guys of Galaxy number one and Avengers number one. There we go. You know, um, in another ten years, mm-hmm. it'll probably take us half an hour to read through them all. It will take four parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So um, mine, um, last to first, Incredible Hulk, Thor the Dark World, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man 4, Iron Man 3, Black Panther. No, wait, no, no. No, because I've got an arrow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, back to 16, Iron Man 3, Age of Ultron, Homecoming, Captain America, First Avenger, Black Panther, Far From Home, Doctor Strange, Ragnarok, Guardians 2, Iron Man 1, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinity War, and Endgame. Damn right. I need drink. <laughs> this has been an epic. Yeah, it's been a four-hour, two-part epic. Like, have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Good. Enough. So have I. I feel like I finally got my modern opinion out. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Updated. Yeah. Give it a year, it'll all have changed. It'll all change, definitely. Black, Black Widow will be the best one in the entire franchise. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, so, shall I take us home? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, we have been the Marvelous in the podcast. I have been Matthew. And I have been Henry. You have listened to part two of the MCU run-through. Mm-hmm. My throat is burning. <laughs> Same. Um, we hope you've enjoyed. We've certainly had great fun making this, mm-hmm. and we will continue to in the future. It would be really appreciated if you could leave us a review on yep. iTunes. I think you can. Yeah. Um, or follow wherever you listen to us, so you can stay updated to all content. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Marvelous Cinema Podcast, yep. and on Twitter at Cinema Marvelous. We're currently yeah. going through a Star Wars. Uh, review series yeah and who knows we might even be doing an episode on that who knows who knows <laughs> anyway thank yeah. you very much for listening we really appreciate it yeah goodbye bye